I had to rush back with the worship team real quick and just prophesy over them. Listen to me. God is going to move in a revival in worship in this part of Denver, man. Something remarkable is happening. Uh, Isaac, I told him to try to tell you. It's just never the same trying to communicate what I just said. But um, there is something, and I don't know. I know the Lord told me angels are rejoicing right now. And I just, I wonder what that must sound like. The roaring <laughs> and the cheering and then just the worship and the awe of it. And would we just be caught up watching or would we join in? And lead that. I just don't want an angel to beat me in worshiping Jesus, man. And I don't want my church to observe and think, wow, that's great sound or that's great lighting or that's great music. I want you to experience Jesus more than I want anything else, man. More than I want anything else. If that could happen, then that's, it's been worth it all. So, um, got special guests here and I just, uh, I just found it out right when we were doing the greeting real quick. Pastor Dan, uh, Danae, I'm, I, Kim, are you here? To, well, where are you? Oh, you're right over here. And here's Kim DeMay. Okay, so um, I, I know most of you know them. Some of you may not. Dan and Kim DeMay. We are grateful to many people that helped Jubilee grow and become and uh, be ministered to, but none more than Dan and Kim DeMay. And that's the truth of the matter. These guys are as special friends as there is anywhere. Awesome church, Shine Church in Castle Rock. And here they are on a day off jumping up here with us to celebrate Jesus uh, with us and how much we love that. Levi, is that you, my friend? Levi Smith is here. Hey, are you here here or visiting here? You're here. It's going to be revival, man. Okay. Um, yeah, so so glad to see you. Um, Danny Kim, if you have a few minutes, I know I'm going to catch up with you real quick too, but go out in the foyer for a little while and let people say hi to you. And um, yeah, love you guys. Love you, love you, love you so much. So yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Um, so we're in a series called, if I could, I would, and it's not looking back and then being sorry for like, oh, if I could, if I would have. So it's not would have, could have, should have it. If I could, I would. And so the idea more of this, the Bible tells us that you can, and you will. So what we're to do is to look at things from our past and not let them define who we are, define where we're going or to, to live like, ah, oh, just, if I could do it different, I would. It more or less is to look at it. What have you learned from it? What would you capitalize on it? Um, okay, so maybe there are some things you wish you could improve on. It's not too late. We just said this, and I have said this for almost 25 years. Don't die till you're... Yeah, it's a great model to live by. It really is. It's a great model to live by. Don't die till you're dead. And too many people, they die before they're dead. And I don't mean physically, but I mean emotionally. And I mean growth-wise, and I mean they just, they give up and they quit, and they get stuck in a rut. And I, what's the old thing about a rut? A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out of it, right? That's all, that's all it is. And people just live that way for so long and just get so used to it. And I know that's a little corny, but that is, it's the truth. People get stuck in that place right there. So this week is a little bit different in that when I wrote the message, normally this weekend we pray it's getting ready for back to school time. And the parents are like, yeah. And the kids are no kid ever goes, yay. <laughs> but we usually pray for students this weekend. We're going to do it in a couple of weekends. Um, Pastor Jake and Kim are taking a vacation uh, this week, and Kim oversees so much of that that we didn't feel like we could do that without her, that she needs to be a part of that and help direct that and, and have um, you know just a part of the praying on that right there. But we are going to pray for people, and I'm going to switch it up. And I'll just tell you ahead of time, we're going to pray for parents. Uh, never, it must, not, must be tomorrow, apparently. No parents in the room? 
pray for parents? Any parent want our prayers? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about this? So, you must be so tired. Uh, thank you, Lord. Somebody finally. Um, want to pray for nanas and papas because they're the most awesome ever. Um, want to pray, um, you know, step parents. Want to pray for single parents. Want to pray for substitute parents. Um, want to pray for influencers. People with influence. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago, even praying for the president. Um, you know, we're so quick to curse him. And I've said it's not the one that I voted for. But that does not lessen my responsibility to pray for him. If we're not praying for him, who's influencing him? And if you're okay with just giving up the influence over the people in authority around us, what a mistake that is for the church. Dude, we have influence. Our prayers are powerful. And the enemy works overtime to disengage us from praying because we're told, it just doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. That's a lie. The devil's best trick is that he is a good liar. And you empower the lie when you believe the lie. So you've got to say no to the lie. You have authority. So we want to pray for it. I'm ready to preach now. Want to pray for pastors. Dan, it's a good night, Kim. A good night for you guys to be here too. Leaders, people who make policy, people who write, Amy, people who write. And I don't know if you're in here, but people who write, you have influence. You're writing and, and people are reading. And it's it, it, there's more, there's not just books that are set in front of us or books that we listen to, but so much on the internet now is, is things are being written and, and there's influence there. We want to pray for that. And we want to pray for first responders, our police and our fire who never, ever, like to be prayed for publicly. They always seem to be the ones who shy back from that. But our security people here and out there, our medical people, nurses, there's so many people that we need to pray for this week. And I don't know how the Lord wants to do that. I'll know when I get to that part of it. But let me teach first. So if I could, I would. And it's just talking about things. I guess I wrote it this way. If I could, I would do this again. Well, I'll just give you four things real quickly. I do these four again in a heartbeat. I'm not embarrassed to say these four. I won't hold back from saying these four. I'm like, these are the things that I know that work. When you get fruit, keep doing that thing right there. You agree with that statement? So if you're getting fruit, now if you're not getting fruit, I said this last week, Matthew 12, Jesus said, if you don't like the fruit, change the tree. Don't complain about the fruit. Change the tree. You can change. Your mind can be renewed. You can go a different direction. That's huge amen. Wow. Pastor Dan, do they amen like that? It shines for you too. I was like, wow. So, uh, Philippians three thirteen. So this is uh, maybe maybe the 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 base of why I'm trying to say. I use the words if I could, I would. But look, Paul. One thing I say, uh, I forget that which is behind, and I reach for that which is ahead. So believe truly. What he's saying is, you just can't live in the past. You've got to go forward to what God has for you. But that doesn't mean that you you just simply like, hey, those things never happened, or I can't learn anything, or there wasn't good to pull from it. And I think so often we're always focusing on, you know, wish I could change this. Okay, I get that. I think we all have those things. But what, looking back, what worked? What are you proud of? What are you still doing that you feel like that was good? Did you manage well? Did you pray well? Did you love Jesus well? What what's still bringing fruit in your life? I know, just like worship for me. I, I, I won't even go into kind of the week physically, but just there's just breakthrough in worship and there's healing in worship and there's life in worship, man. And God wants us to worship, just to worship. Worship works. So again, normally it's back to school and we pray for students, but today 
I'm, I'm using this message for what we're going to pray for with some of the people that I just talked about. So here's the first one. If you want to fill in the blanks, uh, just pray and keep on praying. Prayer works. Prayer works. Jubilee, come on. Prayer works, man. Pray and keep on praying. We live in a day where I feel like more than ever, people are discouraged. People are worn down. People are tired. Uh, it seems like once a week there's some article about the emotional baggage now that people are carrying from the last two to three years. And a lot of times it's young people too right now. It's not necessarily just older people, but younger people, young like kids, grade school kids are carrying all sorts of emotional problems right now. And I look, I, we believe in counseling. I pay the salaries of full-time counselors who are awesome and do a great job, but even better than counseling is Jesus touching a person. And I do believe in deliverance, and I do believe in restoration, and I do believe in the Lord's ability to take a burden from us, to have an exchange where he takes ours and we get his. I believe in that still, as much as I ever have, and I experienced it again my whole life. God, can you say, it's just moved my heart. I told the Lord I've got to stop crying because I've got to get up and preach. I can't get up there like this right now. Please, you're going to have to lift off of me for a moment. But how many of you can say, I mean, really say, your whole life, God's been faithful to you. I was telling him, even when I'm not faithful, you have been so faithful to me. You have, you, you don't remember my sin. You don't count my past against me. You don't keep me where I was. God, I don't deserve any of it. But I am so thankful. You are so faithful. And I want to shout that. I want to shout that. I want my people to know God is so faithful. So we pray and we keep on praying. Luke eleven nine. 9, Jesus taught this, right? So I tell you, keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. But the words keep on give an indication of how you have to pray. You can't ask one time. I don't know why. Sometimes it does work that way. You pray one time and it happens. But mostly, can you agree, mostly it doesn't work that way. Mostly we're involved in having to tarry. We're having to involved in having to just stay in that place. We're involved in having to have faith, Right? Some of us are still praying for things. I can tell you this. So I can prove it to you. God has not put any dream in your heart that he doesn't have an intention of fulfilling some way, somehow, someplace before you're done on this earth. I sheltered, carried, watched over a dream for almost 35 years that we're now, now I stand and I can see. This, man, I saw it from a distance. I felt like Abraham. I, I used to think, maybe it's, it's not for here. Maybe it's for the other side, and God just wants me to be faithful to something. But now I look at a training center, and I don't even know. The only thing the Lord has told me is, don't fill it yet because I need to define it. That's it. I turned the school down, $30,000 a month. Yeah, that's not chicken right there. That's for feathers. No, that's chicken, not the feathers. But some things are still what they are. The pastor is slow, slow of wit and tight of tongue. So, it, it just, I knew the Lord said, let me define it. If you define it right now, you are going to define with what you see, and what you see is not what I'm going to do yet. You have no idea what I want to do yet. Okay? So I walk in, it looks empty back there, and I feel pressure. Now that you've built it, you better do something with it, boy. How many of you were thinking that ugly thought when you walked? No. Uh, so listen, pray and keep on praying. So keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. These are Jesus' words. 
The disciples could have asked for anything, but they asked him, teach us to pray. There must have been something in how powerful his prayers were, so that when he gives us hints on how he prayed, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep, don't stop, don't give up. And of course, tell me that's not the one thing that's constantly, it's not working. Why are you doing this? It's going, in fact, have you ever been tempted? Have you ever heard this from the enemy? The more you pray, the worse it gets. You ever heard that one? Do you know what he's saying? You quit praying. And it'll be okay. No! Never quit praying, man. Give it all that you've got. So I was thinking, what did we do? Our kids, I was asking them this week, what worked? And Amy, our, you know what I told Amy before the service? I said, you are cool. We raised a cool kid in you, Amy. You dress cool. You are cool. You are fit. I'm so proud of Amy. What did we, I, dude, we, we prayed. We would anoint rooms. We were not above fasting. We exercise spiritual authority. I would prophesy to them. Chris would prophesy to them. We, what was it? The blessing? I, the blessing. Ah! I've forgotten more than I remember right this second. The blessing. I, I won't even talk about that right now, but man, that was one of the key things that the Lord gave us was teaching. Instead of just constantly criticizing, you do not get what you want from criticism. You get what you want from blessing. And we live in a world that is nothing but constant criticism. And Jesus is blessing and the blessing. Oh, my goodness. All of those things work. We're seeing them work now in another generation. We're seeing them work in our church. Never give up. Keep on praying. And, and can I stand up to everything we've ever prayed for? We've got not at all. Not at all. But so much fruit we have gotten. And, and maybe then our position is, you know, the word says you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And I feel like finally in my life, I'm a father. Father to my church. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Some of it was that I just needed to get a little bit older. 35. <laughs> I never want to be 35 again in my whole life. <laughs> but to feel like a father. To feel like that hard. I met a... Um, a nana last week, she goes to the Sunday service, she's not here. But she said, um, she said, Pastor, I've got three grandkids. She told me how many she has that are serving Jesus, but she said, I have three that aren't. I don't know why I said, if you'll send me their names, I'll pray for them every day. So every, I just felt like the Lord told me to tell her that. See, will she take the time to send me their names? It's one thing to complain about something and one thing to have a heartbreak for well, What will you do about it? She was faithful and sent me their names. I put them on my list, crying all three of those kids out right now. So I said, pray for my brother, Chad. This guy's given me a new relationship with a brother that's been so far. I think my mom might be watching right now from Texas and probably cheering that statement. I played golf with him last Tuesday and just had such a good time with him. And then I said, I know you work on the weekends. He's a manager at a car dealership. Go to Group Toyota if you need a car. There you go. Okay. <laughs> And I know, I, I know you work on the weekends, but dude, our grand opening is the 6th and the 7th, and I would love for you to come to church. And before I even get the words, he said, I'll be there. I'll be there. Ooh, working hard for my brother, man. Pray for my brother, Chad. Pray for my brother, Chad, please. Pray for him. He's just had a lot of stuff in his life. And how many of us can say that? We've got kids and grandkids that can say that, or we've got that. Stuff. Stuff's just used by the enemy to block us. And we pray, and doors open, and we pray, and doors can close. 
And we pray, and I know angels are dispatched. And we pray, and I know the demonic has stopped. And we pray, and we believe, and we never quit believing. And the hard thing is having to look at all the stuff and just keep praying and not lose that innocence like I talked about last week. But to still believe like you did when you were 35. Can you remember back that far, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I was thankful I saw you right then because I said a friend won't get mad at me for, for saying something so dastardly to them. But to be able to have just that innocent heart and just to keep believing, just the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. I just felt like the Lord, even with sickness tonight, you know, James chapter 5, I still believe this scripture. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should what? Complain. Cindy, complain. Yes? No? If any of you are suffering hardships, you should. Are any of you happy? You should. Now you're just saying, like, oh, pray, pray. Sing praises. Are any of you sick? What should you do? This is a different one. Call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil. In the name of the Lord, if I'd have had my oil on me this afternoon, I would have slathered this place up like crazy, man. The Holy Spirit, the oil that we have is nothing except a representation of who the oil is. The Holy Spirit, the Old Testament name for the Holy Spirit is the balm of Gilead, yes. That balm heals. You put it on wounds. And you address the one that's weary and worn out. And the one that's dried and needs refreshing. The Holy Spirit is here to do that. Church, I'm telling you, look at me. There's a revival coming to Denver. There is a revival coming in our day. God is not done. And I don't want to read about it or hear about it. I'm jealous to have this be an episode. I don't want to catch a wave of it, although I'll take it anyway. The Lord will give it to me. But I want this to be the place where we all were like, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it myself. And it's, what am I doing? I'm praying. And I'm prophesying and I'm believing. And I'm not prophesying in my flesh. I know what the Lord is doing. You know the authority that I have to stand in this place. I know it. And I'm going to use it like I've never used it before. I'm going to prophesy more and I'm going to pray more. I'm going to stand stronger. Anxiety and oppression, spiritual warfare, some of anxiety, not all. Some of oppression, not all. Can I say this? Much of anxiety and much of oppression, not all, is spiritual warfare. It's not all just because of a pandemic. It's not all because we live in a crazy time. We live in a place where the enemy is moving greater And when he comes in like a flood, Jesus raises a standard. That's why he's got awesome churches all over this city. That shine. Shine is one of those places. Matthew 7, 17, 14 through 18. Look at this. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. So if it just stopped there, I, I would be maybe... Um, maybe I'm carrying it a little bit further than what the scripture says, but this next sentence, he often falls into what? Or it's a spirit of suicide. He's not just falling on the ground. He's not falling into a tree. He's not falling into bed. 
but he's falling into water to drown him or into a fire to burn. It's a suicide thing if it's this kid. Maybe he's not in control of it. Maybe he is. I don't know what it is exactly, but I know this is a person who's being oppressed by a spirit. And the next words are super important words because it instructs you what to do for your children, what to do for your mind, what to do for your church. Pay attention. This is so, so powerful. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Got to flip it. There we go. And Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him this sentence. And from that moment, the boy was what? Now, look, we live in a day where to say that causes even people in the church to like, well, pastor, you know, what we recognize today, that was written 2,000 years ago. And what we recognize today is that there's more that can be done with drugs. Is that what you believe? And I'm not all of you. Have, so, so I say it. Hear me. I have a son that has to take medication. I don't fault anybody that has to take medication. If it works and you need it, okay. No fault there. No condemnation there. Look at me real quick. But not everything needs to be treated with a pill. Not everything is a psychiatrist's office. And much of what goes on today, even the church doesn't see it for what it is. We say it's some physical problem and don't see a spiritual problem. So you treat a spiritual issue a physical way and you will deal with it your entire life. Always thinking, huh, I wonder why God won't answer this prayer. Am I okay? So look at my, I feel weird all of a sudden. And not bad weird, but like I've stepped into some. Come on, church. Who's the healer? Who's the deliverer? Who's the one that sets our minds right? Puts our seat. David said, I was in a pit. God, what a description for a place of oppression. Have you been depressed? Have you? It's a pit. It is a pit that you can't get out of. And you can wish and you can hope and you can pray. And sometimes the only thing that you can do is to incline your voice to the Lord and He incline His ear to you. And the Bible says, David, I called out to the Lord and He inclined His ear and He pulled me out of a pit. Love that part. I'm just glad God didn't ignore him and leave him alone. And then He said, and He put my feet on a solid path. I love Jesus, man. Jim, I love Jesus. I will. <laughs> There's an anointing that comes with that name that is so powerful. I'm so thankful to be able to walk out in this crowd and <laughs> be close to you. Oh my goodness. You are here, writers, influencers, personalities on the air. Mike Rice, listen to me. God is God is delivering people as I'm talking right now. He is setting minds right. I see tears flowing here. I know the Lord is speaking right now. Just reach out. Believe again. Believe again. 
spiritual authority? Is anyone suffering anxiety and oppression? I just speak over you right now. The peace of the Lord. I know that there are chemical imbalances. I know that there are physical things. And I believe that the Lord can touch those things too. But I know that there's spiritual warfare. And the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the word of the Lord is let him starve to death. He doesn't have the right to devour anyone. He's a usurper. He tries to take the place. If we lived before Jesus came to this earth, but Jesus took back the authority and then gave it to us. The church, he calls us to occupy his place. So like Jesus would say in this room, be healed and be whole and be right and be restored. You are the redeemed. Say so. Sleep is just such an important thing. And it seems like that's a subject that for <laughs> at large, the devil just eats sleep. But I would pray over you the sleep of the redeemed, the sleep of the safe, the sleep of the blessed, the sleep of the protected, the sleep where the Lord releases His angels to guard round about you. That you'll come back to me tomorrow, next week, and tell me, Pastor, I've never slept better. Because of Jesus. And I speak that over you. Mm, I don't know. When I stop, you're like, has he lost his place? Never. You know I don't really need notes, don't you? You know that. I write them. It's a discipline, but I don't need them. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit if there's anything else that he needs me to do. I hate anxiety. I hate anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Luke 10 is the spiritual authority. Jesus said this, Yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of who? How much is all? And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. And some people thought that's how you start a church, and that's not what that means. <laughs> Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. The higher principle is this. Rejoice because your names are written or registered in heaven. But with that registration then comes authority. It's 25 years ago, uh, this coming January, 
when the Lord spoke to me about starting Jubilee and leaving everything that we had and just follow me. Follow me. Listen to me real quickly. One of the things I wrote down that he gave me, Jeannie said this to me, and I've told the board this, I've told our church this, and I've stood on this word. And so when you look around, you think to yourself, how do these things happen? I've never, ever taken credit for it. But the Lord said, I'm going to give you unusual authority so that things will happen quickly for you. Use that authority. Never forget you have that authority. Move in that authority. Do you know how many times the enemy's tried to displace me from authority? I'm a different person when I'm in that authority. Bold and strong. And believing that all things are possible. And I just speak against anxiety over this church that God's given me authority with. I speak against oppression. I speak against minds that are confused and cluttered and just worried. That the only way you can find peace is to use different things to try to find some temporary peace. No! No! And if you're like, what is he doing? This is authority. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. But I do not want the devil to win in your life. I don't want him to have your marriage. I don't want him to take your children. I don't want that. And I can't not want it more than you. You've got to want this. You've got to say no more. You've got to say, I'm going to stand in that place. This is our authority, not just mine. Mine was given as pastor. I didn't pick up a mantle on my own. I wasn't mad at my pastor. I wasn't too big for my britches. I didn't say I need to go do something that no one else has ever done. I did it with fear and trembling because God said to do it. And stand up under his authority right now. No crack in that foundation over your life. There's authority. I don't know why the Lord has me on this right now. Be free. Be free. Be free. Wow. I don't know. Do I just want to skip through this and get to the prayer part? Uh, Here's the fill in the blanks. Moses and Jesus. How many times I've taught this? I've usually taught it that when you're raising a child, at one point you have to be Moses, and at another point you have to be Jesus when they begin to become an adult. But I've changed my thinking on that. This way, I think you have to be Moses and Jesus on a daily basis. So John 1.17 says this, Jesus, uh, the law was given through who? So the law is the system of right and wrong. So when we say the law, the law has a bad connotation, like it's a bad word today. The law is not a bad thing. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He is perfectly righteous, perfectly in order, not a usurper of authority. He comes underneath the Lord's authority, as a son does with a father. So the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through. So I used to teach when they're little, you got to teach the difference between right and wrong, and that's true. And then when they become adults or they're hitting that point, you have to learn to transition. It's not just the law that's going to hold a person in place, but it's love and faithfulness that holds a person. What keeps you here? It is not the law that causes you to show up here. It is love that causes you to show up here. It is Jesus that brings you here, not Moses that brings you here. Yes or no? Right? It's a powerful, powerful thought. 
powerful thought. But I also think that it's a, it's a translation for how we're going through life, how we're dealing with people, especially children, uh, those that we have authority with, that we have influence over. You have to figure out when you're teaching right and wrong, when you're prophesying right and wrong, and when you're acting in love and faithfulness. So Moses taught right and wrong through the law. Jesus gives us unfailing love and unstoppable faithfulness. A parent, a grandparent, a believer who has authority does both with the people underneath our authority. Teach right and wrong and love unconditionally. Yes or no? That is life right there. That is balance right there. All right, this one I just said. So remember, if I could, I would do this again. Keep a child innocent. I don't remember if it was in this service last week. I think it was in Sunday morning. That I, was it in this service? You guys remember me saying anything about innocence last week? You guys remember last week? Were you here last week? Keep a child innocent as long as you can. And we live in a world that tells you, uh-uh, let them grow up. You better, you better do not keep them. They get to be kids for such a short time, and then they get the wonderful benefit of being adults forever. I saw a counselor one time, just so heavy. When I talk about anxiety and oppression, I'm not putting myself over here as I've never tasted or I've taken medicine. I don't have to now. I'm thankful for that, but I did at a time. And I don't apologize to anybody. Did what I needed to do. Can you handle that? And I'm like, oh. you're probably not acting in unfailing love right now. But as Moses, the lawgiver, stop. Peter, I... The pit. I wrote a message one time that it's not always an enemy that pushes you into a pit. Sometimes you jump into one. You just didn't know that's what you were doing. The Lord doesn't ask us to define the pit, by the way, to get his help. It's just a pit. A pit. So I, I'm not talking down to anybody, laughing at anybody, making fun of anybody. I, my heart breaks and hurts. I know. I've been in that place. But I know what the Lord has done. I know how he's established and he's heard and He's a restorer. All my life, you have been faithful. I'm not sure why I'm stuck here. I find myself going forward in my notes and then backing up three spaces. It's almost like I don't want to say something and then just have it be more words that you heard, but you go home to a different reality. There's no friend closer in a pit than Jesus. He hears your cry, man. He hears your cry. He hears the anguish.
It's the, the fill in the blank. The last one is just, it needs to be real in you. Um, I've taught this before, 2 Timothy 1.5. Just look at this real quick. It's Paul talking to Timothy about his mom and his grandma. I remember your genuine faith, for you share that faith that first filled your grandmother and your mother. And I know that same faith continues uh, strong in you. And I felt like the Lord said something to me this week in uh, this week, just as I was studying and thinking about what I would say, I felt like the Lord said to me, if it's real in you, the influence is at least two generations. At least two. So that if you sit here and you go, I just don't know if that's true, it is true. It is true. Now, it may not be when you look at your reality, but that doesn't mean it's not true. And when you lower the truth of Scripture to the place of a pit, that's the wrong way to do it. You've got to raise the lie of a pit to the truth of Scripture. So look at me real quick. I've said this a thousand times. Bill Johnson's the first one who said it, that it made such sense to me. The mother of bad theology is disappointment. When you are disappointed, the temptation is to change the power of the Scripture to fit your place. Don't do it. Even if you have to hang in there and everything else says you're foolish for doing so, hang in there because God is true. And let everyone else be found a liar. God is true. So, I'm just excited to pray. So parents, if you're a single parent, a married parent, you got a significant other parent, a step-parent, a substitute parent, a nana or a papa. If I couldn't come up with the terminology, but you have an influence over a child for righteousness and for goodness, would you please stand to your feet for just a moment? Just for a moment. Could you open your heart for just a moment? Could you believe big for just a moment? This two-generation thing, I don't know. I don't know. Except that I see it here in Scripture. I mean, Paul's exact words were, this genuine faith that I saw first in your grandmother, and then in your mother, and now I'm persuaded it lives in you. This, this faith, this relationship, this... This Jesus. It's just, it's eternal. It moves beyond our moment, our second. Is this place that seems so permanent and yet it passes so quickly? You have this, this such short time to pass this thing on. And I know how many times I've stood up here and said, may the circle not be broken. That when we stand before the Lord and we look across at the generations, and if you're young enough that came before you, and if you're old enough that have come after you, but when you look across that circle, if you had a child missing, a parent missing, a grandchild missing, a spouse missing. What would you give in that moment? 
to see them there. And I know that's heavy. I know I, most of us, if we're in that bad place, we don't. I don't want to think about that. But God didn't put that to be fearful. He didn't put that so that we'd be sorrowful. He put that because now is the time to pray. And now is the time to fast. Now's the time to believe. Don't die before you're dead. Your prayers have power. Your authority means something. Jesus has given us all authority over the enemy. All authority. So I pray over you right now that the Lord will renew your strength, that he will renew your faith, that you will find yourself wound up to pray, excited to believe, not walking in discouragement and defeat. Oh, no more defeat. No more losing. But because of what Jesus did, because of who he is and because of what he said, man, I pray over your children. I pray over your spouse. I pray over your parents, your grandchildren. I call them into the kingdom. Come on. North, south, east, and west. Come on. The church just simply is not big enough for what God wants to do. We don't have enough chairs. There's not enough square footage. But come on. Come on, God. Bring them in. God, let us live in a day where we had not seen it for ourselves. We would not have believed it. Sweep into the kingdom. Sinners. <laughs> Those who don't even know they're going to be worshiping. Those who don't even know the name of Jesus. Like Pastor Jonathan said, people are waking up right now. And I'm praying that for the first time they'll hear the name of Jesus. And be pulled out of a pit. A pit of, re a pit of religion. A pit of just sin. Defilement. Or stupor and stupidity. God. Bring us to our senses. Thank you for not turning your back on us. <laughs> My hope is in you, Lord. Church, where's your hope? My hope is in the Lord. Yes, my hope is in the Lord. Say it with me. My hope is in the Lord. It is not in this world. It is not in the government. It is not in a building. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. All right, you can sit back down. Influencers. Uh, now, if you're like, man, I'm going to have to stand up all three times. Too bad, so sad. If you're an influencer, a teacher, a pastor, pastors, my pastors, what a failure it would be for our church to advance mightily and my pastors to fall back, for my pastors to be too tired, for my pastors to be talked out of it. I just prophesied over this worship team. You have come too far. You have worked too hard. You have pushed with me too hard to be talked out of anything now. Don't be discouraged. Don't let the enemy tell you it's time to quit or to back up or to look out and be discouraged. It's not happening. It's happening. It is happening. I know it's happening. You're just like, what a charismatic. And you will be too, friend. You will be too. You're going to meet this Jesus that I know. This is not about a moniker. It is not about some kind of a title or a label that you can hang on me. It is about this Jesus. This Jesus. Come on. If you're an influencer, a teacher, a writer, a pastor, a leader, you make policy. 
Maybe you do it for little ones. Maybe you write on the internet. Maybe you do a podcast. Maybe you record a short pastor and you sit in the back of the room and nobody ever sees you. Jeff, Chris, Haley. What a magnificent job you guys have done. How magnificent you've done. Would you stand up for just a moment? Maybe you're on the radio or the television. You have influence. The enemy is just so good at causing us to not see how influential. It's a position that God's given you. Not everybody is influential. Not everybody pays the price. Not everybody rises to the occasion. The enemy loves to be little. It's insignificant and it's small. And I say to you, nothing that you do in the name of Jesus is small. All of it has a profound impact. All of it will be rewarded. All of it is worthy of hearing the Lord say, well done. Well done. You took the gift that I gave you and you used it. You preached Jesus. You wrote about deliverance or forgiveness. You led people towards the light and not darkness. You held out hope. You used words that get into the heart of a person. (laughs) Maybe your influence is smaller and it's a few, or maybe it's really large and it's tens of thousands. I don't know. But I know I want to speak over you that this influence is not accident. That if the enemy's convinced you, you should have gone another direction or done something else, or this hasn't been profitable, stop. Thank the Lord for what you have. I am more convinced than ever that there is such power in our gratitude and that we lose when all we do is complain about what we wish we would have done, what we wish we had. Stop that. I'm not rebuking you. Just stop it. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Perhaps you're influential with money. And the Lord bless you. And the Lord give you more wisdom than ever. The Lord show you. The Lord help you. The Lord preserve it so that you can pass it on. For those that find themselves in between right now, like, I just, I don't know. I find myself in this funny place, the twist in between. It's only a moment. Be faithful. Stand strong. Worship. Don't give up. Hear me? Don't give up. All right, you can sit down. My first responders, I wonder if I'm catching all three in one person. Police or fire are our security guards here who I never try to point out. I know that most of you or some of you know who they are, but there are a reason that we keep them incognito. We don't want them to be recognized. They do their jobs (laughs) without fanfare our doctors and our nurses and our counselors 
and our psychiatrists. My goodness, while I do believe that God is the ultimate, I do believe that he anoints people to do these jobs and that the church needs more of them. And I'm sitting here thinking, maybe I shouldn't point you out. Maybe you want to stay incognito. Maybe you need to stay incognito. Maybe you work in government. Any of those places that have three letters, I don't know. Maybe it's not correct. Put you on a platform, but the Lord knows. And how we love you. And how we pray for you, first responders. God, pray for our first responders. For those that have to run to a battle and can't run from it. For those who put themselves and their well-being on the line. For those who have families and have to put that behind a call to protect. Wow. Man, I pray for you. Sir, ma'am, I pray for you. I pray the Lord's ability on you. I pray God's encouragement on you. I pray that you don't lose faith in the day we live in, in the country we live in, the cities we live in. I pray that you hold them in esteem and that you care. I pray that the Lord would ride with you, walk with you, travel with you, encourage you. It dawns on me that I may never know you. I may never know for sure what you do. But the Lord knows. I pray that the Lord would send angels with you. They'd minister to you and they would protect you. I pray for peace and not a storm. I pray you live your life out Without a storm. But if there is, I'm sure thankful for you. I bless you, whoever you are, wherever you are, however you hear this, in my presence, out there in that foyer, maybe many months from now, if someone refers you to listen to something, may you be encouraged. No one else thanks you, we thank you. The Lord blesses you. We appreciate you. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you just for liberty. Thank you for the anointing. It breaks the heavy yoke. It sets at liberty the captive. When we leave here, we take that anointing with us, that authority, that place. I bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.